Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash ev6 kia movement that inspires man i haven't seen you since we uh, had i think lunch at cipriani or something i mean you were just a young wide-eyed doe <laughs> at the gates of the dream factory it's true Welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is Literally with me, Rob Lowe. Um, today's a really special podcast for me. Um, we have Michael Gandolfini, son of the great James Gandolfini, who, in my opinion, delivered the greatest performance in the history of television as Tony Soprano. Obviously passed away way too early, and Michael is carrying on his dad's legacy as an actor. And I know him as a friend, he's friends with my kids and um, to watch him grow into who he's become uh, is, is super, super fun. And to get a chance to talk to him, um, I think you're really going to like it. We got into some really, really cool stuff of out of all the people I've had on the show. And we've had great people, as you know, if you've been a listener, I think we talk. there's more good stuff about acting and getting into the business and why you get into the business and the tools of the business in this interview than in any interview we've ever done on Literally. So. Stand by, and um, let's get to, uh, as I like to call him, Little Gandolfini. I'm in L.A. right now. I was out with my mom because she lives out here for the holidays. And uh, here I'm about to finish my last semester of NYU. I've got You're still, I love that you didn't drop out. Well, I, love it. I look. I came, my t- family's Italian, so I was, you know, I was graduating. Like, that was something that I was You're the first in your family to ever do <laughs> anything. That was my, my first attempt at your, your pops. I, it wasn't exactly. bad, by the way. It wasn't horrible. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so, 
I sort of always wanted it and then figured out that, oh, you can actually take really interesting classes in college and actually learn about really cool stuff. Um, so yeah, I've got two classes left. I, I sometimes think that the age that people go to college is too early for some people to appreciate it. Like I know yeah. when I was supposed to be going, I didn't because I was doing movies, but like I would want to go now. Yeah. Like I'm like in, way more interested in things at this stage in my life, but I don't want to be the old man in the corner. Well, it's tough to like ask people like, all right, you have four years to make up what you want to do in your life. Like a lot of my friends graduate and go like, I don't know what I want to do. I mean, I'm so lucky that I know what I wanted to go into and they got to study anthropology and, and psychology and actually things that go to my job. But so many people don't know what they want to do at 19, 18. Yep. So, I, you know, I was super lucky and and I've been lucky to get to like, you know, work in Atlanta and Cleveland and still get to go to school and fly back and forth. And now with Zoom, like, I mean, Zoom's so hard on so many people, but it's so great for me. I get to go to school and work. That's a really good point I hadn't thought about because mm -hmm. you could literally do it on location. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much to to go over. You're, so you're, for those of you out there, so, so um, Michael's great friends with my youngest son, John Owen. And, you know, I was friendly with your dad. Um, we were, during uh, the Sopranos' reign, the West Wing were, I think, I really think that it was the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I, and and I think we were the Beatles, because, listen, let's face it, the Sopranos are way more fucking <laughs> macho and tough. So they were for sure the Stones. The Beatles, it's not bad to be a Beatle, though. No, it sure isn't. I mean... <laughs> I think Aaron Sorkin would 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 take being a beetle, and I think David Chase would take being a, a stone. For sure. I think one hundred percent they would. And by the way, I think they would choose that if they had the choice. For sure. Who. I mean, I can't think of really no Beatles in David Chase's sort of uh, music book. No. no Beatles and no Led Zeppelin. That's what he said to me because I was like making a Tony soundtrack. Really? Yeah, and I like had some Zeppelin. And he was like, "Tony does not listen to Led Zeppelin." I find a Jersey guy in that era w super would. Did he give you a reason why not? No, I mean he sort of. There's a lot of like more sort of. You have a lot of you got a lot of Stones, The Strokes, um, sort of a lot of these. Interestingly enough, like. British sort of rockers that came over. Um, big, um, he loves Dylan. Um, and then Jim Morrison is huge for, for David. So things like that. I, I never asked why. It's so funny because all my musical friends um, find Jim Morrison super divisive. I had David Crosby mm -hmm. on, on the show. Mm -hmm. And David openly loathes jim morrison and it's super it's super funny to get to wind david crosby up about jim morrison <laughs> it's really funny i, I, mean, I want to go i want to go hey cros jim's dead he's been dead a long time it's, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> you don't it's have to be good. so angry at him <laughs> so now that the saints is out it lives in the world you've gone through all of it you know what i think is amazing is that you had never seen the sopranos mm-hmm which makes sense because of your age. You were born the year it came out, right? Correct, yeah. I'm, I'm the exact same age as the show. 
So you get the opportunity to, to do it. How was it? We've, I mean, I, I know because John Owen told me, I think he watched, my son watched some episodes with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. And by the way, I think it would have been the first time he had seen it. Because I, I was trying to get the kids to watch that. You know, they were too young to watch it, and I was obsessed with it, as everybody was. What was your experience watching it for you and then watching it with your friends and then seeing your dad in that towering? When you look up the word towering performance, people was like, it's a towering performance. That is what it is. Yeah. No, no, it's it's true. I mean, you know, like the first thing was, and I feel like Johnny can relate to, and like I think a lot of kids with like, yeah, it's just a normal son dad thing. I think any sons can relate. Like I wanted to reject it so much. I was like, oh, it's going to be so annoying and boring. And like, I don't know if I'll even like it. Just this natural sort of rebellion. It's the way my kids feel about absolutely everything I do. Yeah. Like I watched, which movie did I watch with Johnny viewers? Um, Coppola directed it. The Outsiders. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The Outsiders with Johnny. And I remember I was like, oh my God, it's like one of the best movies ever. And he's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's good. It's, it's a good movie. And I like completely <laughs> related to like being like, yeah, Sopranos is really, it's really great. It might be one of the best TV shows ever. Like, um, but <laughs> you're, just par- you're parodying just just by rote the things you know you're supposed to say about exactly and it's like breaking. Yes, in, inside of you you're like everyone's right everyone's so good in it but like that was sort of the feeling um going in and then you know i i started watching and it was just so incredible i mean just uh, kind of defied all my expectations of it because like i taught whenever i say this it blows my mind but like I was so not involved in any of it. Like my dad and my family and my mom really raised me as normally as they could, you know? Um, A lot of time spent in New Jersey mowing lawns and crabbing off the dock and having my own friends. And my dad has a had a core group of college friends that he met in college. And those were the people around me. So like, I really didn't know what the show was about. I really hadn't seen anything my dad was in. Um, so it really was um, an amazing experience. And he didn't of. he didn't bring it home with him. He wasn't like Daniel Day-Lewis where he came home and had to be a mobster while he was, you know, doing your homework. No, no, not at all. Um, you know, I mean... There was definitely, Sopranos was tough when you'd film. I wouldn't see him a lot. You know, it was a lot of time away from him. Um, but definitely no bringing it home. And even when I, you know, I'd go to set, but everyone is like, oh my God, what was set like? Like, it was mostly in the trailer. Like in the trailer, <laughs> drawing, doing homework. Um, I never saw anything interesting with tony soprano like there was no like like you know what i mean it'd be like him walking down the street to get some paper buttoning his shirt like there's like little like inputs like that like i never saw like an intense scene you never saw in any of the classic soprano scenes you didn't see him you know stomping joey pants to death (laughs) exactly no not at all like the best sopranos day was the day with the bear there's a bear in the backyard. And he was like, he called my mom. And he's like, Marcy, pull Michael out of school right now. Come to set. 
My mom was like, I'm not, why would I pull him out of school? And he's like, there's this bear here. You gotta pull him out. <laughs> so like, he, he, she pulled me out of school and we went to set. And you know, there's just black bear on a <laughs> leash, just walking around and you just give it treats. And one of my favorite pictures of all time is my dad holding me. I mean, I have to be four, five maybe. And next to him, he's just like holding hands with this bear, this big black bear. It's just us three. Like that is the by far the most exciting thing I remember from set. Um, well, it's it's so um, indicative of who your dad was in terms of not being Tony Soprano. Although Tony was obsessed with the ducks, that is in true. The pilot, which is and the reason I think that worked is because your dad has such an innate sweetness to him. Yeah, and that he would see a bear on a set and be so excited that he would want to pull you out of school to see a bear. Totally. Um, is, is like, that's totally my yeah. sort of sense of who he was, that sort of unbelievably big bear himself. Yeah. You know, he, and it, it was interesting, like doing a, I've never done any press. So this press run talking about these things, like, you know, I did learn some things about myself, which is like, People would ask, why why'd you want to be an actor? When would you know? And like, even though I never saw like this, anything really like great scenes or like stuff like that, like I always wanted to be on set. Um, like I always had something that was like, bring me to set, please. Mm -hmm. Like, when can I come to set? When can I come to set? And especially when I got older, like I remember my dad did a movie called Burt Wonderstone with um, Jim Carrey and Steve Carell and Steve Buscemi. And I was going to school and uh, every night was an argument. Like, you gotta go home and go to bed. You gotta wake up tomorrow. And I'd be like, please, please let me just stay and hear your guys' conversations. Like, please let me just, let me just watch. And I just wanted to stand in the corner and just watch. Um, was, it the, was it the process? Was it the energy? Was it, what about, I mean, there are a lot of things about a set that, that are, yeah magnetic for people but i do, could you figure out what exactly it was for you this motivating question of like how do you do that i would mm. watch a performance or something and just be so amazed and baffled and just go like how do you how did that person do that so there was something about set i think at first it was the energy the people the camaraderie and then just watching, how do you do that? And I remember thinking, oh, that's so weird. Like an actor would be like, ah, I don't think we, I should wear this type of shoe. Or like, let's, let me come in a beat later. And I remember when I was young, I was like, why would that matter? What does that change? And I would right. then see it. I would be like, whoa, that changed the whole scene. That's a great point. That's such a great point. It's like, well, why do I, why would I go to the refrigerator? Yeah right now into you know the uninitiated it it's, might be an interesting idea but there's there's no sense of how how that kind of little thing can affect everything totally and i think that that had just really just took me and kind of sucked me into it and i always wanted to be there and also the camaraderie like i my dad did a play um on broadway and oh then, yeah you know, Famous. What is it again? It God was, of Carnage. God of Carnage. Oh my God! It's a great. Yeah. I, I saw a later iteration without him, but it, that that plays gnarly. It's so great, and like he again, like he wouldn't let me see it, so I didn't know what it was about. 
I was, it was a big thing too. I was like, you're never going to be on Broadway again. You have to let me see it. And he was like, no, no, no. But I would um, sit on the railing, like where you, in the wings and I would high five Jeff and, 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 and Hope and all of them. I would high five them as they were going out. I would go in my room and they would close the door and they would turn off the sound so I couldn't hear anything. I would do my homework. And then they'd be like, all right, Michael, they're off in two. And I would sprint to the wings and I would high five them coming off. And like, oh I just God. loved it. Well, that's, well, that's amazing. An, an actor coming off of a crushing a show like that. Mm-hmm. So it's Je- it was Jeff Daniels. Hope Davis. My dad and then Marsha Gay Harden. Oh my God, I forgot Marsha Gay was in it. Yeah, and Marsha and my dad were a couple and Jeff and Hope were the other couple. That's right. And then he let me see it in L.A. because I was a little older. And then I just loved it. And that's the other thing about your pops was, um, you know, and, and I, I, I have respect for all actors that I have respect for. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, but of those, the ones that also do theater and who are proficient in it, that's that's a whole other level. I mean, yeah. there are plenty of amazing actors who have never set foot on the stage and they're great. They're great actors. But. The, they if there was an MVP vote, you you would have to have putting your time in the yeah. theater. Yeah, completely. Um, that was sort of the the like I mean, look like life on life's terms. But the goal was uh, to do a play after Saints. Um, sort of like do Saints, have it come out, and then find a great play. But with COVID, you know, it got tough. What did you have a a play in mind? Not really, you know, like, I mean, the play world is so complicated. It was sort of like I was going to learn how a professional play works, like which ones could we do? What would be right for New York? What would be a small black box theater? We could do a run in. So all those things. But it's also tough. I'm in a weird age range. It's so funny you say that. That's what people don't real realize is I remember being, you know, in when I was in my 20s, it was particularly my l- mid and l- mid to late 20s was super it's a super hard time you're too old to play the kid mm-hmm. you're too way too young to play the man yeah and so you're kind of in this weird i, I just always knew that that my i was gonna have more interesting stuff you know when i got closer to my 40s and and, and lo and behold that's that's what happened and that is that's the same thing will happen to you it is like You'll yeah. be in that that age range and just be crushing it. Yeah, I sort of totally agree. A big question is like, what's next for you? And it's kind of like, well, not only as a performer, but also as a young man. Like, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what I, I don't know what I fit into. You know, like I tend to relate to older characters more. I feel like you know, I just because they're better. For, yeah. What's the one that everybody did in New York in the 80s and 90s? It was, tr- oh, True West. Everybody was doing True West. The Quaid brothers yeah. and True West. And like every, like literally anybody and everybody was doing True West. Yeah. I mean, tr- I mean Sam Shepard is, is uh, it's funny you say it, is like definitely one of my like heroes. I mean, um, I... Uh, Barry Child was what I auditioned uh, mm. to NYU with. I did Barry. Wow. You had to do two monologues. So I did Barry Child and I did um, This Is Our Youth, which is, you know, another 
Um, but yeah, I mean, True West, Barry Child, and then, um, I mean, there's a ton of Sam Shepard plays that are incredible. Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360-day returns. Quince.com slash Rob. 
So in that amazing sort of run up and initial release of the Saints were people calling you, reaching out to you, like walk me through that because I bet that must have been super fun when because there was so much attention around it and around you and you know you playing your dad. And there's so di- so many different storylines around that movie. Yeah, that everybody was kind of, was obsessed with it. What was that like? It was so um, amazing and so crazy because again, like I don't, I hear me say it and I go, that can't be true. But it was like, I wasn't really in, I didn't know what it was like to be like, to for, to have fame or to have like that attention. Like even I knew my dad was recognized and stuff like that, but like it was really a first for me. So yeah, I did this movie and it was so secretive um because david is so secretive and this is sort of like the experience of like the pulp you know pop culture of it all and kind of the external like and i had the best time met the best people kept pinching myself every day on set like oh my god this is my dream like i cannot believe this and then it ended and i sort of was like oh all right well it was like summer camp. Like that was a fun little thing we did. Like it was like making a movie with my friends like I'd done in high school and sort of moved on. And then like I would have these like crazy moments like, hey, um, you know, publicity is so crazy in so, so many ways because like you go to acting school and like there's this sort of toxic, but like it's the reality is that like oh, you're not an actor unless you're on talk shows and in magazines and doing movies that are big. That's how it was. They say you never want to see how the sausage is made. That's how the sausage is made of being a pro in the entertainment industry. Totally. Um, So, like, that was something new. So, like, you know, being on a shoot on a, you know, Vanity Fair magazine, just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Did Johnny tell me a great story about you and GQ? So, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I was so honored. Um, I got to um, be, this is a, a perfect example. I got to be in the issue of GQ Man of the Year, which is so crazy and just so honored. Yes, Michael, I believe I won it um, in 2003. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Um, it's 2001, but who's counting? <laughs> but this is your moment, not mine. Continue. So I was a little piece of it and and I was so lucky to be in the, in the issue and one of the things is they invite you to the party. There's this great party. And again like you know my life I live in New York. I'm so lucky and privileged for so much stuff, but I'm still like pretty normal. I go to school and what you know, normal quote unquote whatever that means. So I get invited and they fly me in Warner Brothers cuz we'll fly him out. So I don't have to pay for my flight. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And um, I just did a movie called uh, Cat Person. Um, I have a very small part in it, but I brought my friend, Amelia Jones, who's this amazing actress. And okay, so here we here we are. We're in the SCV. You know, I, also like the other thing is clothing. Like I... Uh, my dad wore khaki pants and a button-down shirt to everything, and I sort of wear hoodies and, like, jeans, and I, like, look greasy all the time. So, like, it's been, like, this, like, very amazing experience to, like, 
oh, uh, what are you wearing? Or who are you wearing? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I, it's like, <laughs> it's been a very new thing. So like the anxiety over getting clothes is always very, very big for me. So like, you know, I get the suit, it's pressed, it's everything, I put it on. Um, and the first thing that actually happened was like, there was someone who was coming to get do my hair uh, and just like, I don't know, glue it down for me. And <laughs> they went to the wrong address, so they couldn't come. So I was like, that's fine, I'll go and I'll, I've done my hair my whole life. <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> right, yeah, right. So I do it, so we're gonna be a little late. Um, gonna be about 30, 45 minutes late. Um, so I get in the car, which by the way, as you know, that's early. Yes. So I go to Amelia's hotel to pick her up and I get out of the car and there's this guy there and this guy is blackout drunk and he's in his forties, fifties with his wife, I assume. And he's German and he's like, Oh, are you lit? Are you lit right now? Are you lit? And I'm like, I'm sober, as you know. So I, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not. He's like, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, I'm going to this party. He's like, where? Where is it? Where's the party? I'm like, oh my god. Just trying to like get this guy away from me. So I like go. I look at my driver. I'm like, I don't know. You tell him. And he's like, oh, it's at the whatever hotel. And he's like, the GQ oh. Man of the Year Awards, bro. Exactly. So like, I didn't sit and he's like, well, maybe I'll come. And I'm like, yeah, man, you should show up, <laughs> you know? Okay. So this guy walks away and I'm like, okay, we pick up Amelia. We go to the party. So we're pulling up and I'm talking to her and there's all these people outside and, you know, incredible actors and actresses that I look up to and oh my God. So we get out, I uh, get in line, you know, tell I'm Mike Gianfini, they give me a ticket or whatever. So I turn around and there's the German guy. The German guy came to the hotel. He's like, how do I get in? I was like, oh shit. You're inviting literally drunken strangers off the street to the GQ Man of the Year Awards. I know, I know. I'm like, I'm like, oh shit. And Amelia's like, who is that? I'm like, it's this guy that I met outside. I don't know. And I was like, I don't know, man. Just stand in line. So I was like, we gotta go. We gotta get away from this guy. You're like, so, you see Brad Pitt over there? Just stand behind Brad Pitt and you'll get in. Exactly, exactly. So I go to walk in. There's two people standing there and they say, welcome. And you walk into the venue, whatever. That's yeah. what you do when you go to a party. So yep. I have a great night. We have so much fun. It was so amazing. I, talk, I got to see some friends I haven't seen in a long time. I got to meet... Andrew Garfield was one of my heroes. I got mm. to see Tommy. Tom Holland was on the cover and I, I love him so much. We did a movie together and so close to him and his brother and his team and such a fun night. And I go home at night and I go to bed and my mother wakes me up and goes, cause I was staying at her house. And she goes, why didn't you walk the red carpet? And I go, there wasn't one. And she goes, I was looking all night for all the red carpet updates and you weren't on it. And I'm like, mom, you weren't there. There wasn't a red carpet. And I turned my phone over and I have like 40 texts and calls. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this about? So when you get invited to the party, 
you have to go on their behalf. And you yes. go and walk the carpet as a sign of respect and to promote it and help out. I didn't see the carpet, so I didn't walk it. So everyone's <laughs> like, where were you? Did you even go to this party? Warner Brothers like, we flew you out there. Did you go? And I'm like, I, I swear to God, I saw Johnny the next day, like just freaking out. I was like, everyone thinks I skipped this party. And like, I just... I don't know where this carpet was. I guess it was to like my, I don't know, but but I wasn't gonna walk in and be like, excuse me, where's the red carpet? Like, I I just didn't know. So they pay you, they, they fly you out, they get the plane, they give you, they, they put you in the magazine. You're, they put you me in a the suit. List, they put they, you in the suit, you go all the way there and you don't end up on the red carpet, which is, it's like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to see it, <laughs> did it really fall? You exactly. fell in the forest and there was no one to see you on the red carpet. And there was no one to see me and everyone's like, did he, you know, what What did he do that night? And I'm like, I'm telling you I went, I'm telling you I went. And lo and behold, there's this amazing picture of Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield. And guess who's in the background? Me. So I take the picture. Everyone's like, look at the two Spider-Man. And I take the picture and I send it to everyone. I'm like, there I am at the GQ party in the background. And it's this little picture of me holding a glass, like far <laughs> in the background. And I was like, I did go. Here I am. Yeah, it was, it was stressful. See, Publicity 101, never, ever miss the red carpet. I know. Noted. <laughs> That's my favorite story. John, my son, John Owen called me and was like, Michael G, you missed the red carpet. He's, <laughs> he's tripping. I was, I was free. I was sweating. I was freaking out. Yeah. Well, it's amazing the things they don't teach you in acting school. Oh man. Yeah. A lot of my friends that go to acting school and stuff, they, you know, ask me like, oh, what a, I mean, you, you fundamentally don't learn anything. Other than connecting and doing it every day. Like, I say the best part of acting school is, like, you get to not be so afraid of it. Right. Because um, that's the most important part. It's time in the saddle, and if you're lucky, you get a mentor who will give you some good tools to put in your toolbox. Yeah. And if you're super lucky, you don't get someone who fucks up all of your natural instincts. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's more dangerous in some ways, and... The And that's, you know, I went to NYU Tisch for one semester and I left. Um, I dropped out because, you know, I don't think it's anyone's fault, but all I was learning for me, who is a highly sensitive and anxious person, was anxiety, competition, <laughs> um, insecurity, comparing myself to others. That's all I was learning. We come by that naturally. Exactly. I was like, I have enough of this. Like this, this room is, uh, this acting school was really, uh, you know, it, I think it helped a lot of people, but it just, it got me more stuck. And, and then I was arguing with teachers and storming out of the class. And like, I was like, this isn't working. So. Yeah. I um, mean, people, people ask me all the time about acting school and my kid wants to be an actor. John Owen's an actor. You're an actor. I mean, I, I, I mentor young actors. So it's, uh, and I've been through it. I was a child actor. And I, I just have such profound mixed feelings about it. And like yeah. I said, if you, have, if you have a great thing going, more power to you. And it's great. And, you know, I mean, there's 
I know amazing people went to Juilliard and came out with, I mean, it's, it's all, listen, if you can get into Juilliard, you should fucking go to Juilliard. Let's, yeah. let's, let's just get real. But, you know, some of my favorite actors were people who didn't know one fucking thing about it and ended up on a set, you know, Wilford yeah. Brimley, um, you, you know, who was a fucking cowboy and I mean, totally. um, Harrison Ford was a carpenter. Yeah. I always say like, honestly, the thing that makes any good actor is being able to relax if you can relax enough, you can be a great actor. But some that's so hard. Like to be actually open and relaxed, it's one of the hardest things to do. I have a theory why I'm not I don't want to name a name. If we were offline, I would name it. But it's one of my f- Titanic like master of the universe actors in his mm-hmm. late twenties and thirties in the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. He had iconic, 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 iconic movies. And now is famous for being so over the top, like beyond over the top. Like people imitate his over the top performances. I think I know who you're talking about. And I go, what? And and, and, and he's not alone. It's a thing that yeah. can happen to, I find, older actors as they get super broad mm-hmm. and big. And I think, well, it's, I think it's because they've mastered being relaxed for so long and are mm-hmm. so in the pocket. Mm-hmm. That it feels like they're not doing anything to them. Yeah. And then they start going, I should, I'm, Jesus, am I just phoning this in? Because mm. that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. And then they start pushing to, to, to make it feel, to, you know, to make themselves feel, so, you know what I'm saying? And then they totally. end up screaming and yelling and throwing stuff. Whereas 20 years ago, they just would have said the, said the dialogue and killed it. Totally. I, I totally agree. And, and some of Something that's happening now that I'm very interested in, it's sort of what I studied at NYU, is sort of this idea of character. What is a character and how do audiences take a character and for actors? And I don't know, you know, not a lot of people go and see a movie to see the characters. Um, They go and see the actors. And I think that's just this culture and Instagram and fame. Like, there's an element of... Wow, um, the tragedy of Macbeth just came out. I want to go see Denzel Washington play that part. I don't yes. really want to go to see Macbeth. Yes, uh, you know, uh, did people go see Saints to see the young Tony Soprano, or did they come to see Michael Gandolfini and all of the sort of pop culture around it play that character? And it's just an interesting thing that's sort of happening with actors now. Not that that happens all the time, but, but it's a but big it ha- part. But hearing it, ha- I think it has been happening all the yeah. time. I mean, you know, I'm a big Robert Redford guy, mm-hmm. and you know, um, Out of Africa, yeah, is one of my favorite movies. And you know, he's playing a his character, I believe, is um, from Denmark or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Haddon Fitch, Thomas Haddon Fitch, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like and that. so he's from Denmark. He's Thomas Haddon Fitch from Denmark. It's from a book. It's a famous, famous book. The character exists. He's playing it. Yeah. He doesn't do any accent. Sure. He did. By the way, he did one week, apparently. <laughs> and Sidney Pollack was like, hey, Bob, you know what, ma'am? I love you. You're Bob Redford. Yeah. You don't need to do the accent. It's true. And by the way, did he? No, he didn't. Now, yeah. that same part played by um, Daniel Day-Lewis. There's going to be an accent. There will be an accent. Yeah, yeah. And it would be equally as good. But so, you know, to get caught up in that stuff 
it, it's super interesting and 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 you're you're smart to have latched onto it yeah but th they're just different it's different strokes for different folks totally i there are absolutely right there's the heath ledgers and daniel day lewis's and then there's the harrison fords i go to a movie to see harrison ford and i love every bit of it you know he's G jimmy stewart Cary yep. grant paul yep. newman lauren bacall you know, all those people. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of think I'm more, unless it's a very, very, very like one in a billion chameleon type actors. Mm -hmm. I'm more down for seeing a known quantity personality that I know play a part mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it, I think that's what's so fun about it is it like depends on the thing, right? Like one of my favorite performances is Ryan Gosling in uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Like he's playing into being Ryan Gosling and it's amazing and so mm -hmm. fun. But Tom Hardy in The Revenant is incredible too. I know. I, I know. You're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, you're yeah. absolutely right. People ask, you know, what is the greatest performance ever. And I said, I don't know what the greatest performance ever is, but I will tell you the bravest performance mm. ever. And I'm sorry, I don't give up. You cannot convince me that anyone else comes close. So you're Johnny Depp. They offer you Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. You have to remember, it's that's become such a thing that you have to go back in time and remember it was an, an amusement park ride. Totally. It was a movie based on an amusement, not based on a book, mm -hmm. not based on a play, not based on someone has this great idea for a script. Nope. Based on a ride. Yeah. Talk about gross. <laughs> and and you give it to Johnny Depp, who holds his nose and says yes. Yeah. Because he's been doing weird movies that work, don't work, whatever. And it's kind of, you know, put up or shut up time for him. Yeah. And we all face that in our careers. And... You know the studio's like, we've got Johnny Depp in this. Fuck yeah, this is going to be amazing. And you know what they what they were hoping to get was Jake Gyllenhaal in Prince of Persia. It, totally. But what they got was Jack Sparrow. And yeah. can you imagine making that choice? We all think that it was just baked in, that that just naturally happened. Hell no. No way. Th there's, a, there's a version of the movie, and it's the version the studio wanted, of a handsome straight leading man macho boring yeah doing his thing and johnny's like uh you know what i won't be doing that it's the I, it's the bravest acting choice in the history of the business yeah. period i agree and then you know they're like want to fire him mm -hmm. and you know there's a moment where the guy comes to you and you you know you go do i want to get fired off of this my the last train leaving clarkston for me mm-hmm and maybe I maybe I'll just dial it back. And he didn't. Yeah, it's no, amazing. It's, it's amazing those those sort of um, aha moments where someone pulls something out of their hat, you know, and and comes up. But I love Pirates of the Caribbean, by the way. Like I've always been like, I want to play a pirate. <laughs> You'd be a good pirate. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. 
Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats to keep my dogs healthy and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. Transform your bathroom cleaning with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner. You just spray today and rinse tomorrow for a no-scrub clean. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, this is your once-a-week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who've switched to an easier clean. Get your wet and forget weekly shower cleaner today and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Rob Lowe. And by the way, just circling back to Tony Soprano, the pilot of The Sopranos, as good as it is, and it's super, super good, he's not really the Tony that he became. He's, he's sort of, you can sort of noodling around it. You know, the first four seasons were like the ones I really sunk my teeth into to create this character. That's when you still have like this, this real genre confused but specific show where it's cartoony and dark and funny and sad and all that stuff and then after season four it gets it gets darker again because it was the beatles and the rolling stones i was always like hey the west wing showed up fully formed like our pilot is as Mm -hmm. good as anything we ever did afterwards yeah first six episodes first six the sopranos is fine totally until he goes on uh meadows college trip i completely agree i i always tell people it takes about four five or six episodes for it to really find its stride and i think that's because of yeah tonally stuff and also my dad finding it you know you're completely right the pilot um is totally different there's actually narration in the pilot because of goodfellas david was inspired by goodfellas 
So it opens with my dad kind of like, you know, the therapy thing, but then he's like laying in bed and he's walking down. And when he's walking down, he has a narration, which they never do again. No narration. Mm. Edie Falco is beyond belief. and She is incredible. She's insanely good. Yeah. Everybody, everybody um, in that show. Yeah, is. it's really amazing. Um, I'll sound like a total hack reporter now. So tell me what's next for you, <laughs> young Gandolfini. Um, oh I, do you God, have some well, secret project you can't talk about? I do. I do have one secret See, project. I know. I know what's going on. Um, one secret project that I'm very excited about that I start um, in February in so Atlanta. So this secret project is happening. Yeah, I'm going to be in it. Um, I'm a small, you know, here's the thing, like, I I got so lucky, like, after Saints came out, I really got to go and do a lot of really, my goal is to do smaller parts. I want to go and play a bunch of different parts in supporting roles. Like, that's what I want to go do. And I got to be in a, I got to do a little bit on Ari Aster's uh, next movie with Joaquin Phoenix, which was incredible okay. tell me tell me about i'm a huge joaquin fan who is not he's i mean one of my favorite actors ever incredible. did you what was that like give me a, give me a little joaquin insight oh man he is just he's incredible um we met um at base camp where like your trailers are and yep. talked a little bit and it was so good well here, here's another fun thing about joaquin my dad did a movie called eight millimeter Oh, yeah. Um, which is like this pretty intense, I think yes. it was Joel Schumacher. It was Joel um, Schumacher, yep. Um, yeah. And, you know, about the sort of grunge porno sort snuff of like film snuff stuff, film. Yeah. In it, the like main group of people were Joaquin Phoenix, my dad, Nicolas Cage, and um, Chris Bauer. He plays this like a... Uh, the machinist, this guy, he wears a mask the whole time. I have worked now with Chris Bauer on The Deuce. He's a dear friend. Walking Phoenix, this Ari Aster movie. And then my dad's like, I just have to get in a movie with Nick Cage and I've I've completed the the eight millimeter. Uh you you brought it full circle. So, you know, me and me and uh Joaquin were were talking about that. Um, because there was actually a day I, I believe that uh my dad accidentally punched Nick Cage in the face and they had to like call stop and like it was this whole thing. Oh, that's good. I like that. I know. So we were talking about that so nice. And then um, we left to get ready and the scene's a very intense scene. Um, Anyone who's seen Ari Aster movies knows that there's always... Yeah, what was the just for the people who might not know? The, what would your yeah. favorite Ari out the two your two favorite ones? So Ari Aster, his first movie it was Hereditary, um, which is insane. Hereditary is, is beyond belief, incredible. And then he did a movie called Midsummer. Um, yeah, that's right. And they both are sort of thriller horror with comedy interspliced, kind of like Sopranos. You know, he's very genre bending, and he calls this his nightmare comedy. Um, mm. so, you know, it, it's in a very intense scene. He really is an incredible director with human emotion. So we went to prepare and then on set, you know, he's just, he was so kind and giving and a leader, but he really didn't talk. You know, he really, he stayed in it. 
He set the tone for everyone, but he would come over and like give you a pat on the back, mm-hmm. look at you and just be like, I'm not going to, it's going well. This is, yeah. let's not talk about it. Let's not get out of it, stay in it. But like, yeah, that's it. Um, and that was just so incredible. So incredible. Such a giving, an incredible person. And I'm grateful to, you know, call him a friend and, and stay in touch. It's smart that you're working with just great actors and having great experiences and not worrying about, quote unquote, what you should be following up anything with. No, I, you know, I, I tell people I'll do a one line thing if it means working with great people that I'm going to learn. My pinnacle for success is did I learn something? If I go any more than that, you know, I'll get in my head, I'll get scared. Can I show up, be professional, give my fellow actors what they need, and can I learn something? Then it's a win. Your dad would would love hearing that. I'm very lucky. You're in L.A. now, right, for a while? I am, yeah. I'm here through January. Oh, great. Well, get up to Santa Barbara. Get up here. Yeah. I absolutely will. I mean, come on, man. We gotta. How, how have you not come up and seen the beach I know, house? And I know. I got out? We, got, we have we have new dogs and the whole thing. Oh, I love it. I know. I was just telling Johnny. We like have been texting back and forth to to get me up there, but I'll definitely come up. Come on, soon. you you have to now. Now in front of America, agree you're going to come up and hang. Deal. I agree. America, I will go up in Santa Barbara and see you, little Gandolfini. I mean, he's just, the, he's just got such insane, like, love me, sweet energy. I love that kid so much. Um, I'm so happy that he's doing great. And I'm, I thought that was awesome. I hope you guys did as well. I had an absolute blast talking to him. Makes me feel good about being an actor and being a dad, for that matter. And having my son in the business. Um, you know, all things are good. And now it is time to check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line, where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hi, Rob. My name is Becky. I'm from Louisiana. I recently saw your YouTube clip regarding stopping drinking. It's very inspiring to me. I want to begin that journey. I guess you understand how much it robs you of so much of life that can be enjoyed. And uh, I just wanted to thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, I watched Alone Star, 911, love it. Uh, you're absolutely amazing. Uh, you're still as gorgeous as you were. <laughs> Ever. And, uh, yeah, I just appreciate you sharing the story. And, uh, I just wanted to tell you thank you. Oh, thank you so much for that. That means a lot to me. And, um, thank you for sharing your journey. Um, I guess my, my thoughts on, on anybody out there, you know, it's the new year, everybody's made new year's resolutions. And, you know, a lot of you, I'm sure, are like, I'm going to cut down drinking or eating bad or whatever it is. But if it's, if it's, Drinking or anything around addiction, which so many people are dealing with, whether personally or within their family, it's a real thing. You know, like like you allude to, I've been very, very blessed that I uh, am in recovery and have been in recovery from drinking and drugs for over 30 years. And um, I guess the willingness you already have, then that's the key, the willingness. 
If you don't have the willingness, it's not going to happen. You're willing. And, and you should go into it feeling armed with confidence and feel really good about yourself. Because um, only you can help you. There isn't a support group or a psychiatrist or a medicine that's going to make one bit of difference to you without you being ready. So if you're ready, the world's your oyster. And, you know, I, I would urge you to, to seek out AA. There, somebody once said that America's two greatest exports to the world were jazz and Alcoholics Anonymous. And I agree. So um, you, can, you can dial, you know, information. There's gonna, it's going to be right there in your town. I would urge you to, you know, when you go in and, and listen to people, um, listen to what you have in common with people and not look for the things that you don't have in common. Because there are going to be people you don't have anything in common with. That's just the nature of life. And don't use that as a barrier. And, uh, you know, one, one day at a time, it, you know, and uh, you're starting from a good place. And I wish you all, all the success and, and luck in the world because it is a, a, a great life on the other side of it. Um, next week, spectacular guest. Um, don't forget to give us an um, give us that five star at Apple. Thank you for listening, and more to come on Literally with me, Rob Lowe. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced and engineered by me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Our talent bookers are Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn, and music is by Devin Tory Bryant. Make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you next week on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.